The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, it's Mike Rogers. Stand by for another great interview by Sherry Welsh. Today we have as our guest on the show, Bradley Hartwell of Northtown Real Estate in Grand Rapids. Brad, thanks for joining us on the Welsh Wire. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sherry. This is great. So tell us a little bit about your company, Bradley, Northtown Real Estate, what you do and how you got started as a business owner. Northtown Real Estate is really kind of a a full service real estate company that was uh, born out of a few uh, real estate companies that I've worked for in the past and um, some big, some uh, not so big. And uh, just learning from some of the stuff that um, the companies that I've worked for in the past have done really well and some of the stuff that, you know, could um, maybe see some improvement and things like that. Um, and really just being uh, a smaller company that can be a little more nimble and uh, make decisions uh, faster was really kind of what I was, um, what I was what sort of my, my goals in the forefront were, but, um, you know, I went to central Michigan for, uh, real estate development. So, um, even since back then, I've, you know, always wanted to kind of create a, a full service real estate company that sort of goes across all asset classes. Right. Right. So you, your company was really born. It sounds like out of doing it a different way, what you thought perhaps was a better way to do um, real provide real estate services and development. And companies have a lot of options to choose from when they're trying to pick a firm or an individual to deal with when it comes to commercial real estate. But you've got a really unique approach to the way you operate your business. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, like I said, making decisions quicker, uh, more locally um, focused, I guess. And, um, you know, as opposed to the traditional real estate brokerage model, I really come from a, from an owner's representation side. Um, so we're able to think like owners. Um, and so we're, we're laser focused on sort of the bottom line and, um, some of the things that I've done in the past with, um, you know, new construction and, and, um, redevelopment type projects is uh, securing tax incentives and, um, tax abatements and, um, different different incentives that um, you know a lot of people don't know are even available, um, and so we really kind of put ourselves in our clients' shoes and, and from our clients' focus, and you know how do we make how do we make our our real estate sort of work for us? You know the two biggest line items in many people's income statement um, in the operating expense uh, column are. Our wages, of course, being the, the largest one, but then the next one's typically uh, occupancy costs. You know, sure. And so, if we can tackle those those big um, those big numbers in the budget, you know, that's that's a, that's a good thing. Right, right. So I like that. So it's almost more of a uh, entrepreneurial owner representation kind of approach to the way you deal think, with your clients. Yeah, I think that's where we do really well. Um, I've done some, some tenant rep assignments recently. We just put a, a friend of mine's, um, um, highly specialized training gym into a, a medical office building. 
Mm, um, wow. I sort of I sort of represented both sides, which was nice because I could I could see sort of where the landlord was coming from, but then I could also sort of put myself in my client's shoes, being um, the owner of the the gym, and okay, you know what what sorts of things do we have to negotiate and and put into place to make sure that um, you know this deal makes sense for them and the future of their company as well. Absolutely, it sounds to me like your approach makes you a real good fit for small to mid-sized companies that are looking for a, di- a different way of doing business when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice when the, when you're in the same canoe, right? I mean, I'm, yes. I'm a small business owner as well. So I kind of know some of the challenges and, um, and struggles that they have. So it's nice when you're in the same canoe and you kind of understand what each other is going through, so to speak. Right, right. So, Bradley, give us an overview of the commercial real estate market in West Michigan right now. You're in Grand Rapids. You certainly have a beat on how things are going there. Would you say West Michigan is a good market for commercial real estate right now? Why or why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, Grand Rapids is pretty unique. I mean, you know, if you pay attention to the news headlines, you know, we're on a new list, you know, BuzzFeed list every day, it seems like. Um, so there's just a lot of growth. There's a lot of people coming here. There's a lot of people sort of staying here. You know, medical has been, you know, a huge industry for us, obviously. Um, but even historically, industrial has been a huge, um, a huge, mar- a huge industry for us as well. So, you know, the industrial market is, you know, on fire like it has been for a few years now. Um, it's tough to find existing industrial space that's of any quality. And so uh, a lot of folks have been, um, building new construction, which, you know, construction costs are high just because there's a lot of demand for, um, for space nowadays. And, um, and so it's interesting because it, it's often less cost effective to build new construction, but we're seeing more and more of it um, as, as time goes on. And then, you know, residential um, apartments downtown is a, you know, is a, is a huge industry right now. And, and we've been um, building like crazy in downtown Grand Rapids on the, on the residential front as well. Office downtown is interesting because there's a lot of uh, square footage that is either under construction or it's being sort of redeveloped and repurposed. So I call it sort of a, a shadow vacancy where, you know, our office vacancy is really low um, on existing uh, space. But then when you start to see um, some of the projects that are under construction, I mean, we have thousands and thousands of square feet that, or of square footage that's um, sort of being um, constructed and, and renovated right now. So it's, it's pretty exciting. I hope to see more and, and new office tenants coming downtown uh, Grand Rapids because you often see um, the same companies that have been downtown forever sort of shuffling around. So it'll be interesting oh, sure. to see yeah. the additional space brings uh, new tenants. So. Yeah, drawing draws a new business to downtown overall. So, would you say downtown is is a hot spot right now in general? Yeah, downtown it is. and yeah, you know, and, and parking's become a four letter word because it's yeah. um, you know it's becoming uh, more more and more of an issue. Um, it's just not even available. Whether you know the price is not really the question; it's whether or not it's even um, available. And so that's really kind of started to push larger companies out into the suburbs just because, you know, the, the line item for, you know, 500 employees downtown or something, you know, is, um, it's just too much. No place to put them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right. if you're, if you're looking to purchase 
uh, commercial real estate right now in the Grand, the greater Grand Rapids area? I mean, what kind of things should you be considering as a buyer? Well, ultimate flexibility is key. You know, um, nobody can really predict the future, you know, and our crystal ball is broken right now. Otherwise we'd use that, but it's, it's just planning for the future. Are we going to be in a, a mode of, expansion a mode of contraction you know and how does our how does our space then work for us in the future and what types of moves are we going to have to make in the future um, to deal with that you know and um, again it's it's hard to plan for the future but um, anticipating some of those potential outcomes and having sort of a, a strategy in place for, okay, if we need to contract, we know that we can uh, sublease this section of our space to somebody else. Right. If we need to expand. Is there a place where we can go or do we have an option on sort of the contiguous space or other space in the building and how does that work with our landlord or, um, or for what we're purchasing, you know? So it's, there's really a lot of moving parts to it, but um, really focusing on, especially if you're the owner user, um, it's, it's really thinking cause you know, real estate is a, it's a big, um, transaction, you know, and it's, it's, uh, like we said before, it's sort of a, a big line item in the budget. So we really have to focus on, on, on what we're doing at the, at the time that we make that decision and, and pull the trigger on it um, right. to, to, to be able to plan for the future. Absolutely. And I can understand flexibility being an important component are, you know, small companies because many of them are rapidly growing and the addition of, you know, two, three, four people can drastically change the footprint and, and the scope of what they need within their office or their commercial space. So, uh, and talk to me a little bit about open environment workspaces. A lot of companies are looking for that right now, but a lot of traditional office space is not set up that way. So how do you help folks navigate through that when they're making purchasing decisions or or trying to achieve that flexibility within what they're looking at right now? Does that come into play, Brad? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, the we, we in, in the office world, we sort of calculate a square footage per person, you know, and at one time, you know, it might have been, 300 square feet per employee or per person. Um, now it may be 200 or 150 square feet per person. And what you're seeing now is a lot more flexibility in the workplace of um, schedule and just right. you know when 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 people are working, where people are working. We can do so much um, in a in a mobile. Um, in a mobile sort of cloud-based world now that we're seeing more like just sort of uh, landing spaces instead of, you know, the desk where you put the pictures of your kids and, um, and dog on the, on the desk. And it's more of a, uh, a landing space, uh, because everybody's on the move all the time. Exactly. So ends up being more of an open office concept for sure. And it reduces your, uh, the amount of square footage that you have to have as a company, you know, and that's why you see all these co-working spaces. You get the, um, the Custer, which is the, furniture dealer for Steelcase, they've opened um, Work Lab in 99 Monroe, and um, Rockford Construction had Blue 35 as a co-working space, and Star Garden's got a co-working space, um, downtown Grand Rapids as well, and, um, and it's really great for new entrepreneurs because, you know, they don't need the whole office, we just need a spot for maybe three to six people, and it's really, um, it's really been cool to see. 
Yeah, that is. That is. So it sounds like that open environment workspace, that that newer concept that really is being rolled out right now in offices does really change, um, change things a lot in terms of the way you look at a property and determine whether that's going to be a fit for you with flexibility long term. Right. Because as yeah, you grow, you may need more dedicated true office space or you may need less. So if that involves taking down walls or clearing out, I mean, these are all things you have to think about. Right. Yeah, that's interesting to watch the um, the big uh, office furniture makers. You know, I feel like every couple of years it's, um, you know, open office is the new thing. And then, um, well, we've sold out of all this stuff. Now we need to sell more private offices. So we got to change it back to private offices. <laughs> oh, right. And, um, yes. You know, but, you know, the lot, a way that they get around that, too, is having sort of those um, phone booth type of spaces where you can sort of dip in there and take a phone call. Or if you need some heads down work time, you can sort of have these little uh, retreat offices where you can kind of get away from it. And um, But, you know, they, if, if furniture stayed the same, you know, we, we wouldn't have to buy new furniture every couple of years, you know, so... Right, right, exactly, right, exactly. That that helps us all in West Michigan when the furniture business remains strong. No <laughs> right, doubt right. about that, for sure. <laughs> I gotta believe that interest rates um, are a big deal. Also, right now they're pretty low. Um, that obviously works in the favor of someone who's looking to purchase. Yeah, um, that's a that's a great point. And, and right now, you know, in the finance world, when, when um, investors are looking for um, the, the rise, so to speak, they call that the uptick. And I think, I think we're at the uptick for interest rates right now where um, we experienced, you know, historically low rates, I think, at the end of uh, six or in the middle of 16, something like that. And they've slowly been starting to, to creep up. And what's interesting is, long-term interest rates like if you were to do you know this is especially important in the investment community because you know every you know basis point of interest rate is is important when it comes to your investment returns on on um, investment real estate right so um you know we've, we've started to see long-term rates which is 10-year 20-year 30-year uh you know interest rates for specifically for commercial real estate have become more competitive when you compare them to the shorter term deals which i would say are you know the five-year deals and less and so um instead of working with community banks like you know we normally see uh investors and, and even um even you know business owners and and folks that have owner occupied real estate that that own the real estate um, they're starting to look for other options like, um, you know, commercial mortgage-backed security financing, life insurance companies, um, agency like uh, Freddie Fannie HUD. And um, there's, you know, there's conduit lenders and Grand Rapids like Greenman Capital that have um, access to those alternative uh, financing vehicles. So it's forcing us to be a little smarter and, and think a little bit more in depth about our financing strategies. Right. Um, Interesting. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about um, investment incentive, tax abatements and things like that. You know, city of Grand Rapids, uh, surrounding cities, townships. Um, what What's the feel right now about providing some of those helps to companies to come into a given neighborhood or an area and, and get started? Yeah, and that's another one that's um, somewhat specific to um, investment real estate. 
But, you know, the, the small business that might be going into a leased space or might be thinking about building a, a facility somewhere, generally start working with, you know, the right place in Grand Rapids and uh, the MEDC at the state level um, and these different sort of economic development uh, organizations uh, at the local and state levels that assist companies with expanding their businesses and typically um, you know, the, the, the big push is to create jobs. It always is and always has yeah. been for ec- economic development. So to the extent you're expanding your business footprint, you're adding people, you're creating jobs, you're retaining jobs, um, all of those things sort of check the boxes uh, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to incentivizing, um, pro- you know, real estate projects, you know, it's, it's sort of a nebulous process that then, you know, gets funneled down and focuses into, um, okay, what does that mean for my real estate strategy? And generally it's, it's through the, through the process, you know, it's through the means of either a tax abatement where they sort of freeze your real estate taxes where they are for a period of time, or they, um, you know, have tax increment financing, which is essentially a reimbursement of the increased tax revenue that you've generated by then imp- by improving your, um, your, your property or your, or your company. And by saving that money on the, on the, um, on the real estate taxes, you're able to hire, hire more people. You're able to, you know, reinvest in, you know, research and development in different areas of your company that will help you grow and eventually add even more people. Absolutely. And so it sounds like your feeling is with the help of MEDC and the right place, the the attitude is we can make this happen. We can help you. If you're going to bring jobs in here, let's roll out the red carpet and try to work together to find a way to make you successful and, and yeah, bring more, more people into the city. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, bring up downtown Grand Rapids Incorporated specifically to Grand Rapids, but essentially that's our DDA. Um, and a lot of downtown, you know, even Kalamazoo probably has a DDA sure. um, in their in their downtown area, and um, that's a good place to start too. Because you know, it's most of these groups are going to be how do we get to yes, how do we um, how do we help you be successful? Because if you're successful, we're successful, and it's um, it's it's really it's really a great you know they're all really great um, organizations, and they have a lot of different programs that um, you know different companies or different uh, real estate properties, depending on their location and things like that, fit into different boxes. So um, there's, you know, there's too many programs to name, but, you know, working with these organizations really, um, really bring, bring great ROI to, you know, these companies that are just starting out. Absolutely. And, and it sounds like you know them well and can help connect your clients with the folks there should they need some additional help and support in that area. Yeah, that's a that's a huge competitive advantage for what we do, just because we've done it before for um, a lot of other projects, and um, you know we we do the traditional brokerage type of model, and oftentimes in the suburbs that's all we're doing because there's not really those programs available in those different locations. Um, but yeah, I would say that's a that's a huge huge reason to work with us, so to speak. Excellent. Excellent. Let me ask you this. I mean, there is such a shortage of talent right now for companies throughout West Michigan. I wonder, as you talk with prospective buyers for what they're looking for, do you hear that come up in conversation? Are they are they choosing locations or properties or, you know, design build options 
with the idea in mind that, you know, doing it here or doing it in this way will help us attract the kind of people we want to work here or help us retain the right people? Is that thought process happening on your side? Uh, I certainly hope that it is. And I think in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, it is. I, you know, I have a, I have a couple different opinions on that, I guess, you know, I mean, I think if you want to attract talent, you give them a, a cool place to work and, and you, and you pay them, you know, right. we, we, in our, in our area, you know, we've been sort of, um, sort of under the national average. And I don't even really think that we're keeping up with Detroit, um, in, in wages and things like that on when we look at the high level average of a particular area. Um, so I do think that real estate plays into that. And if you have a really cool office space and a really cool office environment, um, you know, I think you'll tend to attract innovative, um, you know, different thinking, talented type people. Um, and you know, there's, I don't know if there's, I know the right place probably has great studies on why do you locate in downtown Grand Rapids as an example, you know, and I don't know that we can specifically quantify sort of an ROI of like, why do you need the downtown loft office space or, you know, whatever the case may be, but there's all these different qualitative factors instead of uh, quantitative factors where, you know, you'll be, you'll leave your office and you'll walk a couple blocks to go get lunch at, you know, some local restaurant and, you know, you'll bump into two people and end up doing deals with those people down the road. And so you can't really, I don't know you can quantify that and say, um, you know, we've uh, benefited from this, but there's a lot of companies that will have um, downtown um, spaces, you know, um, Wolverine is a great example where they have their headquarters out in Rockford, but a lot of their design team is downtown and Interesting. You know, typically the innovative, you know, design type thinkers. Uh, and they prefer to be in the downtown setting just because there's, it's cool. It's, there's stuff going on. You can walk to things. Um, you know, you can go to a concert after work usually, you know, and, um, and so people want to be around other people and other companies and see what other people are doing and have that sort of vibrancy and that, uh, walkability of a, of a downtown community, or at least a closer knit community. It's becoming less of an automobile driven society and more of a, um, interaction type society. Right. Right. Yeah. No, excellent point. Excellent point. So Bradley, tell us about uh, the future of your company and your operation. What are your plans? Yeah, really to keep doing what we're doing. I have one agent that works with me right now. I'm, uh, we'll soon have another agent uh, shortly here. I'd like to have probably four or five agents by the end of the year and, you know, really just keep doing what we're doing. I like the, I like breaking up the day, so to speak of, um, different things to work on. I don't like working on one thing for uh, too long, you know, so it's, it's nice to be able to work on an industrial deal here. And then we're, you know, doing some consulting on a large um, mixed use development with some residential apartments there. And um, now we're helping, a, a you know, someone find office space for, you know, whatever their business is. And um, so really um, sort of continuing to uh, meet new people and um, work on new projects. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to, to learn about other people's businesses through the process um, and, and be able to, and be able to sort of take their problem and, and figure it out. It's almost like doing puzzles for me, you know? So, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 So, As a business owner any... too, I feel that I feel the same way about the work that I do. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, are there any 
entrepreneurial success lessons that you have learned along the way that you might want to share with other business leaders and owners? Anything that you've picked up? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is to just keep going. You just got to keep getting up and keep grinding. You know, it's, I think people have a, a stigma about entrepreneurs. They, I feel like they only hear about you when you're successful and, you know, you make it look easy, <laughs> these types of things. Right. but it's, it, it ends up being a lot more difficult than uh, waking up and going to a job in a lot of ways, just because um, you're sort of, you're sort of doing all the, all the different pieces, you know, that's, yeah. that's why you're in business with what you do, because, you know, so many people um, may not have sort of an HR uh, component or a talent attraction component um, and you can't do everything, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I right. guess two things is really just, you know, keep getting up, keep grinding and um, you can't do everything, you know? So, you know, hire different consultants to do different components of your business because what you're good at is probably not the stuff that you're spending your time on. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Make the main thing the main thing and whatever is not the main thing, outsource it to someone else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're not good at. Great advice, Bradley. Well, we want to thank you, Bradley Hartwell, Northtown Real Estate for being our guest today on The Welsh Wire. And we wish you much continued success at Northtown Real Estate. If our listeners would like to follow up with you and ask any additional questions, or maybe want to talk to you about representing them in uh, in acquiring some new real estate or property in the greater Grand Rapids area, Bradley, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, um, probably the best way is um, all my stuff. You know, I got uh, all my resume and contact information on my website, which is um, northtownrealestate.com or northtownre.com. So I don't make you spell out the whole real estate words. Um, And then my email is bradley at northtownre.com. Simple enough. All right. Terrific. Brad Hartwell, Northtown Real Estate. Thanks for being our guest today on The Welsh Wire. Thank you so much, Sherry. This is great. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.